scripture reading today is Second Peter, verses uh, chapter one, verses one through four, reading from the New King James Version. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. news which is uh, not news to any of us. It is cold outside today. I woke up to minus one degrees. That's, that's cold. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm thankful we live in a time when I can say that was the outside temperature, not the inside temperature. But I do appreciate you bringing that up. I'm sure there are many here wondering about whether that was an inside or outside thing. But yes, one below zero outside my home. The odd thing is the Bible promised this. Uh, way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, you might remember after the flood, the last uh, verse of chapter 8, uh, God promises uh, to Noah and all the rest of us later, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, winter and summer, cold and heat and day and night shall not cease. We usually think of the promise surrounding the flood dealing with the rainbow where God makes a promise never to destroy the world by water again, which promise he's kept. But this one we just referenced in the chapter preceding the ninth where that rainbow promise is made, the last of chapter 8, has God promising what we find is no surprise this morning. And because of the strength and the weight and the dependability of that promise, we can all uh, seem pretty smart in making predictions about the future. I mean, you uh, are not going to give me a great deal of credit for saying that I promise you that six months from now, it'll be warmer. Now, how do I know that? Well, because it's happened before. It's happened all the way to the beginning of record keeping and even before that. But in a larger sense, the reason I know that, because the Bible tells me. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, winter and summer, cold and heat, and day and night shall not cease. It hasn't, it doesn't, it won't. That's just the way things are. That's a promise God made to us. Uh, which brings us to the text we read together this morning. In 2 Peter chapter 1, 
where Peter makes reference to the exceeding great and precious promises God has made to us. Uh, the reason our faith is so very secure is because we trust the God who's made promises to us. The reason we submissively obey what he says we should do or what he says we should not do because we believe what God has said. Uh, the reason we have blessed assurance uh, for this life and the life to come the reason we can stand steadfast in the faith that, yes, there is a life past this one, there will be a resurrection of the dead, is because we believe what God has said, because God keeps his promises. And the reason why for God is somewhat different than the reason for you and for me. The Bible teaches just as God is a God of truth, we should be people of truth as well but from a different starting place. We decide to tell truth following what God has said and doing our best to follow his good example, but we can choose otherwise. No doubt you've lived life long enough to have seen people lie behind your back to your face. They'll tell you things that aren't true sometimes because they're ignorant of the truth or because they are trying to hide what they know is the truth or they may just be confused about what the truth is. We all deal with people every day that see truth as an option. And sadly, some of us have come to see truth as somewhat of an option. And for those of us following the Lord, we, we must decide we must settle upon this idea of speaking truth day by day and being people that don't have to hide behind contracts or footnotes or backdoor meetings, but we live by what we say and we say what we mean, we mean what we say. As the Bible says, our yes is yes, our no is no. We ought to live that way, but when we do it, it's because we've chosen to do that. When God speaks truth, he doesn't choose to speak truth. He can't but speak truth. His very nature is truth. Just as God by his intrinsic nature is love and light and righteousness, so his very nature is truth. And his son Jesus is described in that same way. Christ has one possessing Godhead, who is of the Godhead, who is divine in this life before he came and now on the right hand of God's throne. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. God is true, his son is true, his spirit gave us a word of truth, and thus we can read the Bible and say as the psalmist in Psalm 119 and verse 160, your word is true from the beginning, or some translations say there, from beginning all the way through to the end. Yes, God speaks truth because that's just who he is. The devil John 8 and 44 is described by Jesus as, as a being which is a liar and the father of it. 
When anyone speaks a lie, he speaks of the devil, his father, because that's who the devil is. He's a liar, but contrasting with the lies of the devil, we have the truth of God because God cannot lie. Uh, Titus begins his three-chaptered book by saying in the very first of the first chapter, God who cannot lie promised us eternal life. And in a similar text in Hebrews chapter 6, the writer there brings up a matter from Genesis chapter 22 when God is making one of several promises to Abraham. And this one he's made time and time again all the way back to the 12th chapter. And it concerns the growth of his family and the blessing that comes through his family by way of the seed that will one day be Christ Jesus our Lord. And when God makes promise to Abraham, as it's later spoken of in Hebrews 6, because God could swear by none greater, he swore by himself or upon himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. The text goes on to say, whereby two immutable things, and one of those is, uh, God cannot lie. The exact words, it is impossible for God to lie. And then shortly after that, the writer reminds us that we have a strong consolation of hope. And this hope is, is an anchor. We have sure and steadfast in our lives. Why do we have hope? Because God can't lie. Why are we sure and steadfast in that hope? Because God can't lie. Why are we resolute in our firm conviction of faith? Because we know that God cannot lie. It is impossible for him to do so. And so our faith is not maybe or could be or ought to be. It is a matter of certainty. Our belief in the Bible is not because we want it to be true. We wish it were the truth because we know it is true because God who gave it to us can't lie. And we know that when this life is over, we will live on, as a song we sing so often suggests, the soul never dies. As another song suggests, we have blessed assurance because God promised this and God cannot lie. It's not just that he doesn't lie. He cannot lie. It's not that he just speaks the truth. He is the truth. Strangers may lie to you, scammers may lie to you, your friends may lie to you, your family may lie to you. You may lie to yourself, but God will not lie to you because God is truth. But how do we know that to be the case? Aside from just the words of scripture and words can be said and sometimes words can be false, but the words of Bible aren't because they prove themselves. They prove God's veracity. They prove the fact that God can't lie all the way through Scripture. When God makes a promise, he stands behind it. We referenced one as we began this morning. The fact that as long as the earth remains, and you might say, well, all of that's because of the uh, the the 
orbit of the earth around the sun and the tilt of the earth as it orbits the sun. And that makes the difference between cold and heat and summer and winter. Yes, that is true. Who put that into motion? It is God. In fact, all these physical things we just take for granted are really built-in promises God has made as part of the fabric of the life we live. And I'm thankful he keeps his word. He promises gravity. It's not something that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. You know, you go outside and throw a ball up in the air and sometimes it keeps going up and sometimes it comes down. You never know what it's going to be. It's always a surprise. No, it, it comes down a hundred times out of a hundred. And a million times out of a million. It comes down because gravity pulls it back to earth. You jump off. And you don't jump off something and then fly upward. Sometimes. You never know when. No, you jump off something and you fall downward every time. Every single time. Because that's what gravity says. And you might say, well, that's just the law that we live by. Yes, who put the law into place? Who put these laws into our lives? It's the God who gave us the laws of what we describe as Newtonian physics. Promises God has made that are always true. But the Bible is filled with promises like that. Aside from just matters of seasons and seasonal changes, uh, the Bible gives us as the largest example of his promises kept the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus Christ to every one of which came true in the person of Christ in the flesh as history shows us. And as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John revealed to us, they all came true as the prophet said they would. Over 300 of them are prophecies to the time of his coming. In Daniel 2, Daniel spoke of the time when the kingdom would be established. It would be a kingdom that would never be dissolved, destroyed of men. It would last forever. And when would this kingdom come? In the days of these kings. And yet in saying that, Daniel has backed up from that by beginning with the king he's now dealing with at the moment, Nebuchadnezzar. And then he mentions those kings afterward and those kingdoms of those kings afterward. And all you have to do is follow world history from that point forward and you find the days of the Greco-Roman Empire Surely enough, Christ came, his kingdom was established, and the promise was kept. God keeps his promises. God promised that his son, the Messiah, would come, born in Bethlehem. And at the time of Christ's birth, there were two Bethlehems, one better known than the other, but the one is mentioned by name. Bethlehem Ephrata. And there Christ is born and the prophecy is fulfilled. Uh, we're told about the type of person Jesus in the flesh would be. Not a charismatic 
a handsome leader of men, full of himself, but instead not comely in appearance, not handsome in appearance, despised, rejected of men, a person who lives a life of not affluence but poverty and dies the death not of a hero but in the shame of the cross itself. In the words of Psalm 22, hundreds of years before the fact, reference is made uh, to his hands and feet being pierced. And you might say, well, that's just a strange turn of phrase in the Old Testament, having nothing to do with Jesus. And yet, you back up the first verse of that 22nd chapter, and the first verse is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The very words Jesus uses from the cross. Like I say, over 300 Old Testament prophecies about Christ are fulfilled by him in real time, in real history, as fleshed out by secular historians and especially the historians of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in Scripture. Yes, God keeps his word. He keeps his promise. And so if God cannot lie because it's impossible and God always has told the truth because history proves it to us, then what promises has God made? After all, the scripture we read together says he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Well, what are they? Well, largely twofold. Uh, there are promises made concerning salvation itself to those outside of the body of Christ coming in. And there are promises made exclusively to those of us who are in the body of Christ. Uh, for those who, who long to leave the world and come into a right relationship with God, God makes some promises. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16, there's a promise for you, built upon the wonderful text of the new birth, birth of water and spirit, that uh, Jesus makes in reference to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. In Matthew 28, the disciples are encouraged to go into every nation and, and baptize those disciples they make into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A kindred passage to that is Mark chapter 16 where Jesus says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. A promise. You put that alongside Acts 2 and 38 where the first time this message goes out Far and wide, the Jews hear it, and what do they hear? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. A promise. Not just true for some or for a few, but for all, because some years later, Ananias tells Saul of Tarsus, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Why? Because that's God's promise. Those in the world can come into the church. Those lost can become saved. Those who have no hope now have hope because God promises if 
You in faith in Christ repent of sins, confess that faith, and are baptized into his death. Your sins are washed away. Your life becomes new. Old things are passed away. You have the hope of heaven. You are redeemed. That's God's promise. And for those of us who have enjoyed that, who are Christians, God's made wonderful promises which are unique to us and our relationship with him. We have exceeding great and precious promises. Part of these are the blessings which are so myriad, innumerable in our lives. Ephesians 1 verse 3 talks about these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, which we enjoy. Uh, one of those is the constant and wonderful presence and providence of God in our lives. When Jesus told his apostles in the commission that I am with you always, even to the end of the world, that was a promise to them, but you can find several passages after that that say much the same thing to all of us. God is with us. So we can say with Paul in Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. That's a promise. You're not in this thing by yourself. It's not just up to you and you alone. God has promised to be with you. So much so that we can say with the apostle in Romans 8 and 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That's, that's a promise. Hebrews chapter 13, based upon what the Old Testament teaches and what we have now even in a fuller fashion in Christ, we need not worry, be concerned, be anxious about the future because we know that what can man do unto me? The Lord is my helper. That's a promise. You see, those outside of Christ are promised things as they come in, and those in Christ Jesus are promised things as we are in the body of Christ. And all of these are promises that are made by a being that cannot lie, and that never has lied, we can take him to the bank. Now, I don't want to be gullible any more than you do. Because I've been taken, like many of you have. I believed in some people I shouldn't have. <laughs> I'll tell you a story this last week. I don't know who the person is. I don't have a name to put with uh, this situation, and so I can't be harming or tarnishing his reputation since I don't know he, who he or her or they or them might be. But I've spent the last seven days trying to get some wood delivered to my house. Every season it seems to be the same thing over again. You find a, a good wood guy and then the next year, you can't find him. So you have to find up a new one. Uh, somebody that will bring you some wood to the house. At a reasonable price, by the way. Uh, I'm sure if I was willing to spend something exorbitant, I could get somebody out this afternoon. But at a reasonable price. 
And so here I am. I, I, I go on Facebook Marketplace, which I'm not going to do again for wood because you can't get a hold of them. You never know if they're going to be on Facebook when you respond back. Anyway, I, I, I get this thing started long before this cold snap was going to happen. I knew it was happening, and we were getting low, not out, but low, and so time to replenish, restock. And I find a person with a good price, and I ask him, do you still have it? Uh, he says, I do. Okay, when can you deliver it? I'll be there, and he gives me a time. Uh, and he doesn't show up. And so I get back, well, well what happened? Well, I, the next day he gets back, well, I had a flat tire, and I couldn't get there. I'll be there this afternoon. Okay, I'll make sure I'm at the house when you get there. The time comes, he's not there. And so I get back on there and say, well, where were you? And he says, well, I, I didn't make it, but I'll be there tomorrow. Well, this tomorrow was yesterday, and as I'm telling the story, you might have suspected that uh, he didn't come. I don't know who this person is, and like I said, I didn't want to besmirch their character. Uh, there may have been something that happened that made it impossible. I don't know. I just know this. I put my faith in that wood in a person that didn't deliver. God's not like that. You can trust him. can't trust all the people you talk to. You can be taken sometimes by people who purposely don't tell the truth to you. God's not like that. You can trust what he says every single time. And you want to know why so many of us are out in a cold morning like we are? Because we believe that. With all of our hearts, we believe that. God is true to his word and worthy of our worship. A friend, if you're here this morning and not a Christian, don't leave that way. Obey the gospel. And if you are a child of God but have walked away, come back. You know God keeps his word. He'll forgive you if you'll repent. If you need to come, don't put it off. But come now as together we stand and sing.